And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Wade, it is certainly good to see you today. Uh, Looking forward to just having our normal conversation. I mean, with so much going on in the world that we could go in a hundred directions right now. Um, The main thing I'm thankful for is you didn't make me drive the two hours to barrel to do this in person because I'd have to take out a loan to fill my truck. (laughs) Those gas prices are uh, crazy right now, aren't they? Man, I've always hated horses. I never liked them, but I'm I'm thinking about getting a couple. Get you a horse and a wagon. (laughs) wagon. I'm telling you, the boys and I were out yesterday. We saw diesel for $5.19 a gallon. Man. It just, it's crazy for sure. I put uh, four tires on my truck Monday and the guy at the tire shop, I've known him for years and we were standing there talking. He said, you know, you got into these just at the right time. He said, tires are petroleum based as well. Mm -hmm. And he said, the tire market, he said, what I told you for tires yesterday will not be the price today. And it will not be the price next week. He said, it's going to be. When I lock my order in, that's what I'll pay. And he mm-hmm. said, "This everything petroleum related is going to skyrocket." Yes, yeah, and there's a lot of products that we use every day that's petroleum based, and so we look at the gas prices and think, "Well, that's that's all it's going to affect." But that's not the truth. Uh, yeah. It's going to affect a major part. And here's the thing: we haven't seen yet the repercussions of these gas prices and what they're going to do to the middle class and lower class uh, citizens of our, of our country. Once they start, once this starts hitting the budget, it, it's going to have a trickle down effect to where you're going to see less and less buying. You're going, it's, the recession is si- simply on the table. You can't you know? spend what you don't have. I mean, that's right. what right. it boils down to. And I know everybody has plastic in their pocket and they'll stick it on a credit card, but you can only do that so long and, and you mm-hmm. run those things up too. And when you figure in the, the surcharges on fuel for trucking, everything you get comes in on a truck. Yeah. Even if it comes by train, those are ran by diesel now as well. Everything is going to go up and yes, in a, just a volatile time where everything worldwide is also interconnected, you know, with what's yeah. going on in the Ukraine having direct impact on us on the other side of the world, you know? Yes, exactly. It, it's a very volatile time right now, and, and it's really could get, it could escalate to something much worse than what it is right now. And that's what we're, we're praying that uh, whatever 
the conflict is and what the root of it is, is taken care of and there's a ceasefire and peace because look who suffers in in war who suffers in the invasion of russia invading ukraine it's the civilians it's it's the common people and uh i saw last night that russia uh, bombed a hospital and um you know killed innocent people I, i don't i'm not saying that that's exactly the truth you know, because there's so much propaganda anymore. I don't trust the news after the last two years. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust anything. So, but that's the reporting of it anyway, of, of a hospital that was bombed. Uh, but either way, we do know that there are civilians that are uh, taking the brunt of this, not just the bombings, but they're being cut off of food and water. They're being no electricity. And so, you know, 10 or 12 days go goes by, they're going to be suffering and unimaginable difficulties, something that you and I cannot fathom because of this invasion. Yeah. Very, very sad. Yeah, it's, it's not like a ball game where two teams go out on a field and go head to head. When one country invades another, it's just exactly what you said. The citizens of that country mm-hmm. and uh, are the ones that are, are really paying the price. They're the ones the same way in in all of the major world wars, whether it was World War One or World War Two, I mean, you look at what happened to France and Poland, you know, mm-hmm. when Nazi Germany invaded them and took them over. And then the occupation of those countries, yes. the way they were treated while they were under the Nazi regime. Uh, you can go all the way back and look at even the American Civil War, you know, when you have Sherman's march to Atlanta. Um, you can look at the Revolutionary War and you can look at how the British troops, I mean, they would ravage the land. What they couldn't yes. eat or carry off, they burned down so nobody could right. have it. Yes. Th- that's not old barbaric tactics. That's war. And it's, yeah. it's always bad. Yes. And we don't want it. But it would probably behoove you to watch the old version of Red Dawn just in case, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My goodness. Well, you've had a busy week and I have too. And I think, you know, we've both talked and that's really what we'd like to talk about today is managing the ups and downs, the busy work of a pastor. And Mm -hmm. I think this will be beneficial. This conversation will be beneficial to preachers because they'll hear two other pastors talk about kind of how they balance it. But I think it'll also be beneficial to church members to understand what's going on with their pastor, even though you don't Mm -hmm. see it. Most of what we do is unseen. You know, the joke is preachers only work two or three hours a week, you know? Exactly. That's when we're seen. But (laughs) you actually had three funerals last week. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about just the the struggle of going through a week like that? Yeah, you know, it's it's very difficult um, pastoring. And, you know, you have, when you lose church members, it's it's a difficult thing, just that because you love your church members, you're close to them, and you pain, and really in a different way, you mourn in a, in a different way than maybe the average church member who loved them, because they they were your sheep and they uh, loved you and you loved them. Um, when you add three funerals uh, in a, in a week, it is very very exhausting. I had a funeral on Monday. 
a funeral on Wednesday and then a funeral on Thursday. The one on Thursday, I, I did not have to preach, but I did attend. It was a, uh, a family member of a church member. But nevertheless, it took all day, you know, because it was out of town, about 50-mile trip one way. But the, it's very, very exhausting when you think about a funeral. Um, what the people see is a 20 to 30-minute eulogy. They do not see the preparation it takes to do that. Um, I, I don't just grab a uh, funeral message that I preach down through the years and preach it. You know, I, I try to intertwine the, the person's character, uh, how well I knew the person and then maybe some stories and, and so forth. So it takes honestly hours for me to prepare maybe a 20 or 30 minute funeral. And that's something that people do not see. Uh, and another thing they, they don't see is the hurt that the pastor has to deal with. And uh, so, yeah, there's more to pastoring than Sunday morning and Wednesday uh, preaching that a lot of times, like you said, there's the big joke of, well, you just work two days a week, you know? No, it's, it's a lot more to it than that, for sure. Yeah. And I did a funeral on Monday as well for not a church member, but a family member. It was my great aunt. And there is an emotional burden that we carry. One of the things I don't think people understand is, and I know pastors understand this, and it, it may be good for us just to kind of discuss it some, but I heard Jeff Noblet say, you know, he's pastor of Grace Life Church at the Shoals, used to be First Baptist Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Jeff said, you have an emotional baggage when you are engaged in some kind of drama like a funeral or counseling. So. Mm -hmm. If I'm counseling a couple that's having marital trouble, even though my marriage is fine, I'm experiencing everything that those two spouses are experiencing. I'm hearing it. I'm invested in it. I'm, I'm giving advice in mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And when that's over, even though it might have taken an hour, two hours, man, I feel like I've watched a, a movie drama in real life. My mind is working nonstop trying to yes. process what's being said and there's just a, there's an emotional drain that comes with, whether it's, it's ministering to grieving loved ones at a mm -hmm. funeral, preparing a message at a funeral, attending funerals. I mean, most people only attend funerals for their family and friends. Yes. Pastor oftentimes is expected to attend the funeral of every family member in the church. Yes, right. And so you attend a lot more funerals than the average person does. And mm -hmm. then you you lead many of those funerals. And I kind of joked with the funeral director on Monday. She walked in and said, I'm the funeral director. And I said, you're the only person that does more funerals than me. Uh -huh. you know? yeah. And I said, I usually tell people I'll do more funerals than you. I deal with this more. Right. But really, the only person that that handles more funerals than us are people that just do funerals for a living. Sure, sure. And they're emotionally draining. They require preparation if you have a, a part to offer. And then you throw in counseling. And it's not always just marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. You have people with all sorts of problems that come up to you after yes. church and say, yes. hey, can I you know, sit down and talk to you? I mean, last night after the service, you know, someone, we were just talking. And they started crying a little bit. And I, I said, are you okay? No, I'm not. And we sat mm -hmm. down and look, I'm not complaining about this. Right. I, I'm not trying to shut my responsibility of this, 
but now I'm emotionally involved in the situation that that church member is carrying around. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and they don't yes. want to go sharing it, but part of our job as spiritual shepherds is to help these people. Mm-hmm. And you can't get in there with a bunch of sheep and feed them and not come out smelling like a sheep. Yes. You've got sheep. You know that way. Right, right. You don't run out there in your Sunday church clothes and, and right here. some uh, range cubes. Yeah, you got your overalls on. <laughs> but you don't go out there in your Sunday church clothes and feed the sheep and put some hay out and then run off to church. Right, right. Now, it's so true. You know, the, you talk about the emotional effect of such things as funerals and uh, counseling. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with maybe a a council session that they're having some very difficult family problems within the home and you are doing your best to identify yourself in that situation. You're trying to, uh, you know, find some scriptural, scriptural, uh, solutions for it. By the time the council session is over with, I'm drained. I am through. And guess what? I need to go home to my wife and, you know, communicate with her and my four children yeah. A lot of times I'm, I'm communicated out, you yeah. know, I want to just shut, shut everything down. And so, yeah, that emotional part of it is, is very draining. And a lot of things that church members do not see, nor do they understand if we even told them. You know, another thing that I think people don't realize about their pastor, and I know some preachers can do this um, and I try to do it, but it never works. They clock in and clock out, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you may not be paid by the hour, but my wife's a school teacher. She has a a threshold time to be there and a threshold time she can leave. She has a lot of other work to do. She grades papers. She does lesson planning after those hours, Mm -hmm. but she also has snow days, which she doesn't have to work. She has vacations. She has summer break. Um, Pastors never really experience that. Yes, I never have a day off that I'm fully unengaged from church. And I'll give you an example. Our our podcast has been going about 15 minutes. I have three text messages from three different preachers. Wow. A missed call from another pastor. And I just received an email from a pastor. Now, part of my ministry is I minister to preachers. Yeah. But all of that that's coming while we're recording this podcast is all things that are now being stacked mm-hmm. at the end of this podcast and, and they never get cleaned off. And sure. a lot of preachers never find the day in which they've cleaned off their slate and they can go, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go fishing all day. Yeah. You know, uh, whereas with a job, most jobs you can no, I'm off work. No, mm-hmm. today's my day off. Yes. You may get called in, but a lot of times I'm fishing with my phone to my ear, talking to someone. Mm-hmm. And, and these are just preachers that are talking to me. I, I've already talked to one pastor and a church member this morning. Right. And it's, right. those phone calls are big time eaters when you add them all mm-hmm. up at the end of the week. Absolutely. Yes. You, you make a good point. Yeah, there is no clocking in and clocking out as a pastor. I, I, I wake up thinking about our church members, uh, situations, problems. I go to bed thinking about praying about church issues, problems, church members, uh, vacation, man, I'm still as, as much as I try to disengage and and to relax, I'm constantly thinking about the church and, um, thinking about a lot of times is 
I used to take a vacation and schedule it in a manner that I would have to study while I was off to preach on that Sunday. But I've learned through the years is, hey, don't preach on that Sunday or you're not going to have a vacation, you know? So, yeah, yeah so it, it is a very time ex- uh, or a, uh, exhausting thing mentally. I'm reminded of the prophet, I believe it's uh, Malachi, who said he was moved by the burden of the Lord. The Lord called him and there was a burden upon him. And that's that's very true. There's a burden laid upon pastors that church members, as godly as they are, cannot fully identify with. And uh, it's a burden that just does not leave. And that's you know, every, that's a good thing. Every time I plan a vacation, as that day gets closer, I'm like praying, Lord, don't let anybody die today. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. let anybody die while I'm gone. Yes. Because I don't want to get on the other side of the country and get the phone call and you're expected to come back and bury somebody or mm-hmm. you're going to make somebody upset if you say, hey, look, I cannot be back in that time frame. Right. You'll have to have someone else do it. And yes, even though that many times that scenario is never put before me. I off in the back of my mind the whole time. I'm thinking that I'm thinking, mm-hmm. man, I hope that person who's really been sick doesn't pass away. Yeah. You know, I hope right. they live another week and the whole, the whole trip you're thinking, okay, now I'm too far away. Mm-hmm. I'm too far out, you know? Right. And then, you know, last week I went to a Bible conference and a lot of times preachers get criticized mm-hmm. for going to conferences with other preachers and they'll, They'll see preachers sitting around joking and eating together and and they'll say, Well, you're you know, you're just out running around with your buddies. Yeah. In reality, we need those times around other preachers because we need fellowship for one, but we also need instruction. We need refreshment just like Absolutely. they do. And yes. And that is just as important as you going and receiving some form of training for your own job. Mm-hmm. Uh, going and getting some kind of class to help you perform your duties at your work. Pastors need that too. And oftentimes, and I've put on a conference for the last nine or 10 years, many times every year, two or three, sometimes four or five preachers will cancel at the last minute Yeah, because someone's passed away. Some issue has cropped up in the church. They're going to have to stay and deal with. I, I, I know when I worked for other people, I could put that vacation week on the calendar and nothing interfered with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to be off the, the, the entire factory could burn down and I still had my vacation. Right. Right. Not having that kind of guaranteed time away. It, and I don't want people to think that we're complaining about this, but sure, no, sure. We're not. We're just trying to explain it in a way so that pastors don't feel weird or less of themselves because they're going through this. Mm-hmm. And so that church members understand there's really a lot more going on in your pastor's life than he's telling you about. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so let's talk about very quickly some some ways knowing that the pastor's schedules is busy and knowing that anything during the week can pop up unexpectedly that can absolutely throw a curveball on, on your week's plans. Let me just explain to you what I do and what I have learned through the, the years in ministry is that I normally preach through books of the Bible, so I know generally where I'm going to be Sunday after Sunday. I don't have to wonder, 
let's see, I preached in John this Sunday. What am, what am I going to preach on next Sunday? You know, so I know when preaching through the book of John where I'm going to be. So that helps. On Monday, I'm already beginning to study for Sunday. You know, I've learned the hard way. Don't procrastinate and wait till Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because something, what if someone dies? What if there's a funeral? Then you're really in trouble. So I will prepare, start preparing on Monday and Tuesday, and I'll do the same thing for Monday and Tuesday for Wednesday's message. And um, so keeping a schedule as best that you can is is much more uh, helpful to you in, in, in keeping your productivity up. You know, so there is a book I want to endorse. It's really helped me. It's called Do More Better. Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity by Tim Chalice. Very good book. And uh, speaking about uh, uh, busy pastors, this is, this is a very, very helpful book. Harold, when, when you were in the pastorate, did you have a strategy to combat the busy schedule, busy life of a pastor? Yes. And, and I'll say the same thing that you said with message preparation. I um, I always went through books verse by verse, or I was in a series where I knew what each topic was. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't start a series until I had enough topics to know, you know, I might add a topic as I'm going through it or might cut one in half. But knowing what you're going to preach on next, this is what it'll do for you. If you find yourself in a week with a a Bible conference and a funeral or three funerals, knowing what you're going to preach on keeps you from just reading various passages, doing a bunch of, you know, background work and then going, no, that's not what I need to do all that time. I wouldn't say it's wasted. You're studying the Bible, but it's not getting you closer to a complete sermon. Right. Right. So having like I, I'm currently preaching through first John at West Park in Ozark on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. So I know on Sunday morning what I finished last Sunday morning. As soon as Sunday morning's over, I know I'm I am done with you know verse twenty or twenty three, yeah. and I know I'm going to pick up in verse twenty one and go down through verse twenty three. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily sitting here at my desk reading commentaries on First John, but I know it talks about the Antichrist. I know mm-hmm. that it talks about he doesn't love. Uh, he he's against. Christ. And if he doesn't have the son, he doesn't have the father. Right. And he that has the son has both the father. That's a paraphrase. That's a loose sketch. Mm-hmm. But when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to hop in the truck and drive to Lee Creek and meet with the accountant there. And I'm going to make some phone calls on the way. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not on the phone, I can be outlining and just rolling that passage around in my mind. So even though it's not dedicated study time, I'm thinking on that in the truck. And then I try to read that passage every morning. Here's another thing I do. And I just started doing this after I left the pastorate and went into these interim pastor situations. I started getting up every morning at five Mm o'clock. Nobody else in my house gets up at five o'clock. Yeah. I get up at five o'clock. I make coffee. If it's wintertime, I throw a couple logs on the wood stove and I get a lot done between five and eight because Mm -hmm. Most people will not call you before eight o'clock in the morning. Right. It's impolite to do that unless it's an emergency. Sure. So my wife will get up. She'll get ready. You know, I'll help her a little bit, whatever she needs to do. She's out the door by seven, seven thirty. I have another hour. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not in my office. I'm at my kitchen table. I'm going through news, but this is all uninterrupted time. And so by having this couple or three hours every morning of uninterrupted time, I get more done there that's planned. Not that what happens after eight is not important. All these text messages and phone calls and emails, they're important, Mm -hmm. but they keep me from doing what's planned. And so I think knowing what you're preaching through, knowing where your next sermon is when this one ends is a big plus because you can prepare as you go. And then I think having that, I wouldn't call it a quiet time. And I wouldn't say I spend it all reading scripture. I mean, sometimes I'm combing through YouTube. Sometimes I'm combing through Facebook. Right. But it's uninterrupted. My phone's not ringing. My my email's not dinging. Mm -hmm. And that really helps me probably more than anything. And, you know, I don't have trouble going to sleep anymore. Yes. Uh, if you get up at five o'clock every morning by about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, you're ready for bed. <laughs> you're ready to clock out. It don't matter what the next TV show is. It don't matter. Yeah. Like, Hang on. We'll be right back. No, I won't be. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. And once you get in that I routine, I, I really think it helps you get in bed consistently because I, I wouldn't stay up for worry. I would stay up for work. Mm-hmm. After 10 o'clock, my phone quits ringing. You yeah. know, it, I quit getting text messages for the most part. And so I would stay up from 10 till midnight, one o'clock, working on sermons, doing, reversing that around, putting that in the morning Yes, and getting it off the evening is really a lot healthier for you. Absolutely. I agree. You know, so the preaching through books of the Bible, it's not only beneficial for the pastor, but it's also beneficial for the congregation. Uh, It is a you're able to to build truth upon truth. And so it's that's good for a busy pastor to preach through books of the Bible, but it's also beneficial for uh, the congregation as well. And keeping a routine and keeping a schedule is also very helpful. So you're not so haphazardly doing things and uh, find yourself in a in a bind very fast. And even though it doesn't always work out, you ought to plan a vacation. You shouldn't ever just go, well, I can't take a vacation. You ought to plan one and try to take it. If it gets mm-hmm. canceled, it gets canceled. Yeah. You ought to plan a day off. You ought to have, right. if, if you don't set a day aside each week and say, all right, I'm going to try to take off today. And I mean, you know, you've asked me before, hey, can you record on a podcast on Friday? I'll be like, no, mm-hmm. I could record on Friday, but if I do, then I don't really have a day off, you know? Right, and so right. I just tell people, no, that's my day off. I'm sorry. Now I do funerals on Friday and sometimes emergencies come up, but pick a day and push everything that doesn't have to be done off that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. you will occasionally, yes. I mean, you may get a phone call on the lake. Somebody may call you while you're hunting or whatever it is you play golf, whatever it is you're doing, you may get interrupted. But if you don't pick a day and prioritize the day is this is my day off. This is the day I'm, I'm going to do something relaxing and enjoyable. You will never get that day and Mm -hmm. you will get run down and it will show up in your life. It'll show up in your family life. It'll show up in your spiritual life. Yes, absolutely. So So true. Well, do you have any more things to add to that? I don't. I think we solved all the world's problems, Wade. I think (laughs) everybody should just listen and apply what we've said and the world would be a better place. Yes. If, if, if they would just listen to us, I promise you, we would do better than what's up there right now. Right. (laughs) That's right. My soul. 
Well, well I know you've got plenty to do today, and so do I. So uh, yeah, it's it's lambing season for me right now. We have a bunch of ewes, about sixteen ewes that are giving birth, uh, and they'll do it in about a week and a half time period. So it's it's busy right now for wow. us. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's why I'm that's why I'm wearing the overalls today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I wear them because that's all I can fit into. You wear them because you want to. There you go. <laughs> well, Wade, it's certainly been good to talk to you. Uh, I understand the busy week, and I pray that somehow what you and I have discussed would not only help pastors cope with their busy weeks, but would also help church members realize that just because they don't see their pastor doing these things, he has a lot going on behind the scenes that he can't talk about, that he can't can't discuss. and. Uh, mm-hmm. You just need to be an encouragement. We don't say this because we don't want church members contacting us or we want to be left alone. That's what we're here for. Right. But we want you to understand what we're going through so that you will understand and maybe you can help us better and maybe we can help you better. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that 100%. And, uh, you know, we just pray that this is a, a podcast that's a help and a blessing to each one who listens. May the Lord bless you.